This is James Montgomery, and this is the Stinger podcast. You know, when you're playing football and you hit somebody really hard and you get this, like, shot up your up your arm and your arm goes numb and it feels like, you know, you might have, like, broke it or something? Well, it's that, but it's for your ears. If you play fantasy, if you bet football, you want to be listening to this right now. Jared Goff should be on your bench now. And you might ask, you know, why Jared Goff? Why this? He, You know, a lot of people don't like chasing points. You know, Jared Goff went off last week. He scored 33 points with not his starting running back. And two of his top receivers were out. And he still put up 33 points against a decent defense. Now, it's not great. It's decent. But that is a great sign of things to come. He's getting really comfortable with this offense and the direction this team's going. I don't know how good the Lions actually are. I just don't. But I do know their offense is very good. And it's not because of Jared Goff. It's because of the playmakers. They just – whoever's coaching up the receivers, running backs, whatever, those guys are good. They're very good. You shouldn't worry – yeah, Goff isn't – he's average, right? Like, let's just – we all know that. He's good enough to get the ball to these guys, and they make plays. And that's all that matters, right? It's like Jimmy G. He, we all know he's not great, but he gets the ball to the guys that make the plays. And that's enough. So just – just it's what it is. Pick up Jared Goff. I don't care if you have Jared Josh Allen. I have Josh Allen. I picked up Jared Goff, put him on my bench. Because somebody is going to need a quarterback. Somebody is going to need a quarterback. And you might – I mean, Josh Allen's going to have a bye week at some point. Put Jared Goff in. So even if you have a stud at quarterback, get Jared Goff, put him on your bench. If you don't have a stud, Aaron, if you, like Aaron Rodgers is a stud, he's not a fantasy stud. You need to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, put him on your bench, put Jared Goff in. Now. Do it now. Just don't wait. Just do it right now. It's the best decision you can make. Okay. Jared Goff will consistently put out 20 points this year. He will. The other guy you want to think about is Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is replacing Tua, another guy who gets the ball to the playmakers, and they make plays. You could throw them a five-yard route, and they're going to score a, like an 80-yard touchdown, and guess what? You get all those points when your quarterback does that. Teddy Bridgewater is that guy. He's got players all over the place, so don't. Don't look at, oh, yeah, that guy, you know, Aaron Rodgers is better than Teddy Bridgewater. Duh. At fantasy, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anybody to throw to. Take him off your starting lineup now. Now. Okay? Put Bridgewater in. Put Goff in. The other guy is Trevor Lawrence. I know he had a bad outing fantasy-wise. I know he did. He's got an offensive coach. You need to trust Trevor Lawrence. He's another guy who who you should have on your bench or be thinking about. Okay? Now, my team is kind of unique. I drafted two stud quarterbacks. I drafted Josh Allen, and I used a later pick for Lamar Jackson, like a sixth, seventh round, because I know someone's going to get hurt on my team. And somebody on another team is going to be loaded at one position. I already know this, and they don't have a quarterback because they loaded up on all the other positions. They have, like, Matt Stafford or somebody. By the way, Matt Stafford's another guy you should bench. They... Loaded up in another position. They don't have a quarterback. They're going to be desperate in about two weeks. I'm going to trade Lamar Jackson to them from one of their studs. 
right? I see a guy. There's a guy in my in my league. He's got Justin Jefferson. He's got Michael Thomas at receiver. He's got all these dudes at receiver, and I have good receivers. However, if you you know, if you have, I don't really care about the position necessarily. If you're scoring really high point values, it makes up for your bad positions, right? So my running backs are suspect, right? I got Josh Jacobs. He went off this last week. He's he he hasn't been very good, right? And then I have Antonio Gibson. I mean, come on. The other guy I had was Cordero Patterson. He went down. But fortunately, I have two flex positions instead of a kicker. So I, I my team doesn't or my league doesn't have a kicker. So I I can play two more receivers if I want to. So my receivers currently are Cooper Cup and McLaurin. McLaurin is a high floor guy. He had a bad week, but usually he's like ten points easily. And then Cooper Cup's 20 points easily, right? If I got Justin Jefferson, my team would be like outscore just outscoring everybody, right? So if you get the top guys at a position, that's what you want. You don't care if you have good running backs and good, you know, and maybe your receivers are average or you have one good running back, one good receiver, um, an okay tight end, right? That kind of thing. You just want the best possible scorers possible. You like just just get guys that can score a lot of points. My, my plan is this guy's playing the, the top three teams in the league the next three weeks. Hopefully he goes like one and two or something. He gets desperate. He'll trade me Justin Jefferson because he's got guys that can replace him. Not not really. He really doesn't. But he has guys that he can plug and play. Like, you know, he's not going to – he has a couple receivers on his bench. You know, like Michael Thomas is on his bench. Somebody else is on his bench. He can put those guys in. So look for people – who are in desperate situations. That's why I'm telling you to pick up Jared Goff. I'm telling you, Jared Goff will be tr have trade value in three weeks when somebody else is desperate for a quarterback. Do it now. Do it. All right. Running backs. Yeah. Running backs, revolving door all the time. Unless you have one of the top dudes, revolving door. I mean, even Jonathan Taylor's out now. I mean, come on. Who would have predicted that? Oh, yeah, I forgot last week I said something about that. All right. Look, James Conner is not performing well, and it's because the offense is not doing very good. It's not necessarily because he's bad. He's very good. The offense, there's something wrong with it. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury isn't sleeping at night. He's uh, he, he's struggling with his quarterback. There's just a lot of bad mojo on the Cardinals. I'm sitting Connor this week. The other guys I'm sitting are Melvin Gordon. He fumbles too much. That team does not trust him. I promise you, he will not get as many carries as you think. I know he'll start the game. He will. He will not get as many carries as you think. The other guy who went off, who kind of did well last week, was the Houston running back. I would not play him either. Okay? The matchup this week against uh, – can't can't remember who they're playing right off the top of my head. But I would not play – oh, yeah, Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a top – has a really good front seven, and they really good at stopping the run. Listen, Jacksonville had a bad week. They played the probably the best team in football uh, yes, uh, last week. Or, you know, top three. It, it's arguable, right? Anyway, best top offense in the league by for yards. You know, that team, it's impossible to stop that team. Throw that game out the window for, for Jacksonville. They will shut down Houston's running game, okay? They will shut it down. I do not expect Pierce to do very well this week. So those are my top three sits. Now, on the other hand, running backs that you should start is the backup for Denver, who is uh, – his last name's Boone. Nobody has him on their roster. I guarantee it. You go pick him up. If you need a running back, put him in. He will get more – he will get at least half of the carries, at least, and he will do more with it 
than Melvin Gordon. Okay. Huntley, uh, the Atlanta running back who's replacing Cordell Patterson. They have to use the running game. They cannot pass. Mariota is not a pure pocket passer. They need running backs. They will give him 15 touches, 20 touches. Okay. Herbert, the Chicago running back, they don't have an offense, and the only way they can actually produce any offense is by handing the ball off to somebody. If if he's not already picked up, which he should be because he did like 30 points a couple weeks ago, if he's not picked up, you should pick him up because he will get touches. You know, they might not do very well, but at least you have a chance that he's going to go off, okay? Uh, wide receivers. There's guys I, – I, I don't really have a lot of sits because, honestly, there's just so many wide receivers. You're, you're probably okay at wide receiver, honestly. Um, McLaurin and Devontae Smith I have on my team. You just got to be patient with McLaurin and Devontae Smith. McLaurin will not have outings like he did last week. And Devontae Smith will boom for you once in a while and you just gotta hope that you know your other play on the weeks that he has bad weeks when he had scored zero and then he scored five this last week on those weeks you just gotta hope your other players pick you up like this week josh jake has picked it up for me right um but yeah anyway Devonte smith mclaurin be be patient with them and then also uh alan robinson alan robinson you need to be patient with for sure because they will get him the ball. They have no choice but to develop another person to throw the ball to. They have no choice. The Rams have no choice. They will be two and five if they do not get Allen Robinson the ball. They have to find a way to get him five catches a game, six catches a game, and he needs to produce on those catches, and I believe he will. I think he's a much better receiver than he's shown. So just be patient with Allen Robinson. He's another guy you just got to be patient with. Uh, and and Mooney is a guy you need to sit immediately. Do not that team's throwing for less than a, they're averaging less than 100 yards a game passing. Just just sit him. Like he he's not worth even even mentioning, right? Just don't play him. I know he's a starting receiver. He's a guy that you just need to stay away from. Okay, you got so many. There's so many other options. There's a Davis guy in in uh, New York. The Jets have a guy named uh, uh, Corey Davis. You're better off with a guy like that than you are with Mooney, okay? Um, wide receivers I really like. Yeah, Davis was one of them. Gallup. Gallup's probably on waivers. He will be a top-end receiver, especially when Dak comes back. Maybe not this week. Actually, probably he, he might even go off this week. I, I, I wouldn't say go off, but he's going to get six looks, maybe seven, maybe eight, okay? Um, Pickens for Pittsburgh. Now, I know they're playing Buffalo, and I'm – I have him. I'm starting him this week. However, I am going to make a game-time decision for him, and I have Jacoby Myers on my bench. I'm going to play one of them. I haven't decided. I, Myers has been out, and he's still questionable, so it's probably going to be Pickens. But the thing that I saw with the Pittsburgh game is Kenny Pickett likes, likes Pickens, George Pickens. Okay, He likes him. And what that means as a, as a young as a young quarterback, you're gonna go to what's natural and comfortable for you in times of in times of crisis. Okay, he might not get a ton of catches early on, late in the game. He, they're probably gonna be down. Believe me, he's gonna get some late. Like he might get eight to ten catches. So if you're in a PPR league, I think George Pickens is a really good pickup. I would, you know, he's gonna turn into probably a top end fantasy receiver by the end of the year so just 
I would go pick him up. Even if you left him on the bench, you're better off picking him up because he's going to be good. I drafted him because I knew he was going to be good. I need I uh, I just left him on the bench. This week I'm starting him. Uh, tight ends. This one, you know, tight ends are hard. Tight ends are hard because if you don't have a top guy, I have Kelsey. I got lucky. If you don't have a top guy, you don't have Goddard, Kelsey, uh, Kittle. Kittle's just so hit and miss because some weeks he's going to – he's like has really good boom potential. You almost have to play him just because he might score 30 points one week. But, man, on those weeks where he just doesn't do – you know, he doesn't catch one ball because he's just blocking the whole time, it's just hard to know. It's hard to know. But there's a couple guys I want you to think about. Ingram and Tanyan. Ingram, Evan Ingram for Jacksonville. Uh, Trevor Lawrence needs, you know, a safety valve. Ingram may turn into a higher end uh, receiver than you think, or a higher end receiver for uh, Trevor Lawrence than you think. He's very fast. I would keep an eye on him. I just picked him up. I put him on my bench for when Kelsey, something happens to him or whatever. I really think he's going to be a top end tight end for uh, Jacksonville. Anyway, there was another one. Uh, Matt Ryan for Indianapolis. He threw to his tight end a couple weeks ago against the Chiefs, right? Or last week. It, not this last week, but the week before. That's another guy you want to watch out for because Matt Ryan, I don't know if you remember, he had uh, Tony Gonzalez. Matt Ryan likes tight ends. I would look out for that Indianapolis tight end that he's a rookie. I would keep an eye on him as somebody you could play. The other one is is Robert Tanyan for Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers just doesn't trust any of his receivers right now, and I guarantee they're going on a they're going to England this weekend. Tanyan may have a ten catch game here. Okay, I I, I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to call that. But Tanyan is probably the, is probably the second receiver he trusts the most outside of Lazard. Those two are going to get most of the catches. Right now, early on in the season, before these other young receivers get developed, I would. I would bank on Tanya getting good production for like the next three or four weeks. So maybe not long-term, but for the next three or four weeks, I bet you he's going to be getting a lot of production. So just keep an eye on that. Uh, top sit, man, Kyle Pitts is really disappointing. My wife has him in, in her league. Just very disappointing guy. I would play somebody else. I would play one of these other guys, Ingram, Tanya, or that in Indianapolis tight end over, over all these guys. Yeah. So my top uh, defenses this week. Now, there's, there's actually a lot. So I drafted the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which has been, you know, I think disappointing is the wrong term because it's, it's not enough to explain, you know, the disappointment in the Pittsburgh defense. However, T.J. Watt did go down, and they're just totally different without him, right? I mean, you got the defensive player of the year without him it's it's you know it's a big loss and it's way bigger than you realize because they're just not very good right now and i know they got other good players but it's just like without that guy who's able to just like sack and fumble the quarterback and score you know and then somebody picks it up for a touchdown it's just just different totally different like you know week one when they you know picked off joe burrow four times you know totally different than all the other weeks right so um, I've already dropped them. Now I'm just look at matchups. And this is, you know, most people are in this situation. If you don't have Tampa's defense, you don't have Buffalo's defense. You don't have, I mean, I picked up the Niners off waivers, which I don't know why nobody had the Niners defense. However, I picked them off, picked them up last week. And I like their matchups the next two weeks. Now I don't like the matchups all the time, you know, but 
I recommend just picking up teams based on matchups. And so this week, I think I like the matchup of Jacksonville versus Houston. I know Jacksonville kind of got shredded, but it was against the Eagles offense. And if you don't, the Eagles offense is legit, okay? They got like four dudes they throw to, and they got like three running backs. And then they got the quarterback who can also run. So it's just that team is a nightmare, not to mention their O-line is excellent. So it's just like that team's offense is a nightmare. Like don't – any team playing the Eagles, you don't play that defense, okay? So Jacksonville's defense is a lot better than that, and they're going to show it against Houston this week, okay? Jacksonville is my first start, you know, my number one start of the week. I mean, if the Niners are they're on waivers, obviously pick them up. They're, they're my number one. However, uh, Jacksonville is also a really good defense to start this week. Denver versus Indianapolis. Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor's out. Indianapolis, they're just not very good on offense. Uh, I would, and Denver's defense is very good. Now, this last week they played a, a, the Raiders, who are they were. I, I think desperate is an understatement. They were a team that was like way better than their record, and I'm really glad they won just because it's just like, man, that team is a lot better than their record. But because of the teams they played, they're just not as good as the teams they played. And I'm glad they beat the Broncos, but. I, the Broncos gave up a lot of yards against them, but it was had more to do with a team that literally was like on the brink of collapse. So you got to understand like a, a desperate team like that, a coach who's basically the owner had like some private meeting with him this week. So a coach that feels like he's on the hot seat, it's just like, you gotta, you gotta put that in perspective. Okay. The Denver defense is good. Okay. I get, I, I get that that team has a lot of internal issues right now. The defense is still good. And I, and I, they're going to hold the – if the Colts win this game, it's going to be 17-14, to 14, okay? And so the defense is going to score you eight points, and that's all you really want anyway, okay? Uh, Detroit versus New England. New England's offense is terrible as well. Detroit's defense is not great, but they're – they can at least – you know, this game's going to be pretty tight, I think, and Detroit's defense has enough good players, especially on the outside, to kind of make up I like Detroit this week. Uh, the Titans versus Washington. Uh, this is kind of like my last resort type pick. And, you know, right away you think, oh, yeah, of course, I'm going to start them because Washington's offense is terrible. Carson Wentz is actually a decent quarterback, and I would watch out for this week with the Titans. I think they might put up some points. So just just be aware this is kind of an asterisk next to it. I don't actually think this is going to be good. They probably won't score you negative points. Let me put it that way. So that's like my last one. My top sit this week is Cincinnati versus the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to be pretty ticked. Uh, I expect the Ravens to just kind of torch the Bengals this week. If the Bengals win this game, it's going to be a shootout. Um, I do think the game ends up being close. I don't know how close, but we'll see. Um, I'm going to go over my the spread picks of the week. So I'm in a competition where I do spread picks, you know, based on the spread of the game. And, you know, it's not winning and losing. It's like, you know, there's underdogs and favorites, right? And you have to pick a side on every single game, every single game. Right now I'm doing pretty good. I went 10 and six last week, which is, you know, if you know anything about spread picks, that's pretty good. Uh, it's not great. It's not excellent. It's pretty, it's better than average. Right. Um, my overall on the year is pretty good. You know, I'm in the top 5% of people that do this. 
36 and 28 is my overall record. Um, my picks again, you know, my winning, if when I pick winners and losers, I'm 35 and 28, which is, you know, it's a little better. I'm in the top, what, 12%. So it's, it's decent. Um, but this week, you know, Indy at Denver, Indy's get, I, I got the number at three and a half. I guess it's down to three. I liked it better at three and a half. Um, so since I got it at three and a half, I'm taking it at three and a half. I like Indy, that side, the underdog. So if Indy, essentially if Indy loses by three, I win. So that's good. Uh, the New York Giants in England against Green Bay, they're getting seven and a half points, and the number even moved to eight and a half or eight or something. I'm, I'm doing that for one of my picks of the week. So on this podcast last week, I went five and oh on the picks, on my confidence picks, right, the, the, the top five that I had, including overs and unders, right? Uh, I'll go over those in a minute. But this week, this is one of my picks, is New York Giants – I got the number at seven and a half, but now it's up to eight, which is even better. So take that number while you can get it. Plus eight against Green Bay. Green Bay's offense just is not that good right now. New York Giants is uh, are a lot better than you think. And there's just no way Green Bay is running anybody off the field. So even if the game, you know, even if they do lose by seven, you know, the game might not be competitive. I don't think they're losing by 14. You know what I mean? Uh, the other game, uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. So Pittsburgh's a 14-and-a-half-point underdog. I don't like it as a confidence pick at all, but I'm – I, it, this is hard. It's, it, I might I might change this one, but I have Pittsburgh plus 14-and-a-half just because, you know, they're pretty desperate. This team's pretty desperate. I'm going to assume – now, this is not good, but I'm going to assume that Kenny Pickett is going to be better than Mitchell Trubisky. I'm just going to assume it. I know he threw like, you know, what, two or three picks last week. I I have to believe he's going to be better this week, even against a better defense. Um, I might change this one. I might switch it to the minus 14 and a half. So Buffalo is winning by more than 14 points, which, you know, very, very likely because Pittsburgh's bad. But for now, I'm doing plus 14 and a half. The Chargers are minus three and a half. I'm taking the Chargers minus three and a half at Cleveland. Um, I think this game is I, this this number moved closer to Cleveland side actually, which even now I, I think it's better now. I think it's minus two and a half now. So if the Chargers win by three points, you win. But if they lose, you know, if they win by less than three, which is highly unlikely, right? You lose. Or if the Browns win, you lose. But I don't, you know, I think the Chargers are are on their way up, you know, trending up right now. So. It, the number's at two and a half. It's better to take that now. Um, I, I don't, you know, it's not a confidence pick of mine, but I'm on the Chargers side here. Uh, Chicago is six and a half point underdogs to Minnesota. I'm actually on the Minnesota side. They got a Minnesota has to win by seven or more. So I'm taking Minnesota in that one. And I think they will. Uh, Detroit is plus three and a half against New England. I think this number moved closer to New England. That's like plus, it's like Detroit's four point underdog now. Uh, I like Detroit covering this game. I don't think New England's offense is very good. I think the score is going to be relatively low. And Detroit could run them off the field too. So just, I think Detroit, you know, taking the Detroit side is the right side. Okay, plus three and a half or plus three, whatever. Seattle's uh, five and a half point underdogs. Are this number moved closer to five to Seattle's side against New at New Orleans. New Orleans is – I think New Orleans does find a way to win this game, believe it or not. But there's New Orleans is not a team, even though they have a lot of good offensive weapons, they're not a team that's going to run you off the field. 
Not anymore. Not without Sean Payton. So the right side is Seattle here. Like, you take Seattle in a close game. I mean, you, you take Seattle to cover in a close game. I do think New Orleans will, just because they're desperate, like, if he loses, if Dennis Allen loses another game, they're 1-4, he will lose the locker room. This team is on the brink of 4-13. and 13. So just, just be aware, desperate team similar to – uh, the team last uh, – who was the team that just the, – the really desperate team last week I was literally just talking about. Can't remember off the top of my head. But there, there was a really desperate team last – oh, yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Similar to the Raiders, the New Orleans Saints are in an extremely desperate position. Expect this game – expect them to find a way to win this game, okay? Um, Miami, uh, minus three and a half against the Jets. I think Miami's better. I don't think they're that much worse with Teddy Bridgewater than Tua. So I like the Miami side on this, minus three and a half. Um, Atlanta is plus seven and a half against Tampa Bay, and this number even moved. I actually don't like it after it moving because even though I like Atlanta a lot, I went over it last time, I like Atlanta a lot, a lot. However, in this game, I do not like them. I do not like them in this game. I at seven and a half, I liked it. It moved to eight. I think it's like eight and a half now. So they're Atlanta is an eight and a half point underdog. Tampa Bay might run them off the field. They might. And I say that because they scored 31 against the Chiefs last weekend. I think they found their groove as an offense last week. I think this game is going to be a shootout. I think uh I'm I'm actually the over in this game is the thing that I like uh as a confidence pick. Uh, it could be like a 42 to 24 or a 48 to 28 or, you know, 42 to 28. Uh, so I do think Tampa, I'm actually going to take Tampa side on this minus seven, minus seven and a half. Um, but yeah, a 40 points by Tampa and like, you know, close to 30 points for Atlanta sounds right. And even though Atlanta puts up good numbers, it's not going to be enough because their defense can't stop a soul. So uh, yeah, that one, Tennessee, Minus two and a half, this number moved actually closer to Tennessee. It's like they're, they're favored by three now, I think. I'm taking Tennessee minus two and a half or minus three, whatever you get. Even though Washington, I might might make this game a little more competitive than people think um, because Tennessee can only win in a, in a, in a low-scoring close game. The game's going to be close. I still take Tennessee to win, you know, three points or greater, you know. Um, Houston... And Jacksonville, Houston's plus seven and a half. I think this number moved to seven, so they're they actually like Houston in this game again at Jacksonville. Um, I mean, the book the bookmakers like Houston in this game, or or the money or the the pros might have bet this line down closer to seven, right? And then they want to take Jacksonville because you know Jackson they probably you know the pro guys probably want to bet this number down below seven, take Jacksonville because then they're sealed up basically to just put a bunch of money on Jacksonville to win by more than seven or seven or more. You know, if this number goes down to below six and a half, take Jacksonville. So just wait a couple days, see if this number moves down to six and a half, take Jacksonville to, you know, win by seven or more. Um, but for now, you know, at seven and a half, I like Houston. I might change that to, to, you know, Jacksonville. Anyway, San Francisco is, Favored by four and a half points against Carolina. I, Carolina is a bad football team. Uh, I had them as my sleeper pick this year. I was totally wrong. I thought Baker Mayfield was going to show up and just make the team better. 
totally wrong. And I think, you know, like I said last time, Atlanta's the team. I think Atlanta's that team, not Carolina. I think Carolina, I think Matt Rule might get fired here in a couple weeks. So, and I like Matt Rule because, you know, it was always his third year at wherever he went. When he was at Temple, first season, they were like two and 12. Second season, they were six and six. Third season, they were 10 and 10 and two uh, at Baylor. They were like two and two and eleven or two and ten. Then it was six and six. Then it was eleven and two. You know, it's just like I was expecting in the third year just to be better, but it's it's pro. It's the pros. It's just different. And Carolina's bad, and that locker room's turned on the coach. And I think it had a lot to do with Baker Mayfield coming on the team. So uh, I'm taking San Francisco minus four and a half because I they're probably gonna run him off the field. Um, Dallas and the Rams probably the game of the week. Uh, Dallas is getting four and a half points. I think you have to take Dallas. The Rams just offense is just awful looking and the D- Dallas defense is very good. So it's just, even if the Rams win, it's going to be, it's going to be like within three points, you know, you know what it like, or the da- or D- Cowboys are going to win, you know? So it's just, it's just taking the Cowboys here is easy money. Uh, Philadelphia minus five and a half. Um, Against the Arizona Cardinals, plus you know the Cardinals are five five and a half point underdogs at home. Um, this is this is one of those games where I you would expect Arizona to show up, but I just haven't. I feel like they've won enough for them to not be in a desperate situation, and I could see Philly just coming in here and winning by twenty one. So yeah, it's it's hard for me to say because I you know I live in Arizona, you know I follow the Cardinals quite a bit, and it's just. I think the the Eagles are going to blow blow them out. Cincinnati and Baltimore. So Cincinnati's getting three and a half points at Baltimore. Baltimore's been playing terrible at home. Um, I do think Baltimore. Um, Baltimore is going to put up numbers. I don't know. It, I think the game's going to be close. I think it's going to be high scoring. Um, I I don't feel confident either way on this. I really don't. Um, but I'm taking Cincinnati because they're getting points and it's at three and a half. I think this number might have moved, but at three and a half, I have to take the Bengals because if they lose by three, I win. So gotta take them. And then the Raiders and the Chiefs. And this is this is a completely emotional pick. This is not I don't even know if the pro I I I, I haven't listened to what the pros have to say on this one, but the Raiders and the Chiefs. I'm taking the Raiders plus seven and a half. They're getting seven and a half points. And it's pure emotion because I picked the Raiders to be my dark horse team, like the team that I thought was going to be like, you know, conference title type team this year. And I look pretty wrong on it right now. You know, obviously things can change, but it's a purely emotional pick. And if they do beat the Chiefs, I think people will start looking at them differently. So I am taking the Raiders here. And those are the overall, I went over every single spread pick this week. Uh, my confidence picks, however, the Giants plus eight on a neutral field against Green Bay. Green Bay can only beat people in low-scoring affairs. I think you've seen that over the last four, four or five weeks. They are not eight-point favorites. They win by a touchdown maybe, okay? I actually was going to take the over in the Atlanta-Tampa game, but I'm taking that off the board because I just – Tampa's defense could lock down Atlanta. So I'm just – I don't feel confident about that anymore. Uh, Seattle plus five and a half like at New Orleans. Even though I do believe New Orleans wins this game, I do think it's less than a touchdown to decide it. Um, but I do like Seattle to cover five and a half points. 
Um, Indy at Denver, the under in that game. Not, I don't like either one of those. I, I, on a short week, I just don't know. Uh, I don't feel good about either team. But I do believe it's going to be less than 43 points scored on a short week. Jonathan Taylor is not playing for the Indianapolis Colts. Denver's start, start, starting running back is out. They're going to be relatively one-dimensional with Russell Wilson throwing because you got Melvin Gordon who you can't trust because he fumbles too much, and then you got another guy, Boone, who you're not sure about. So it's just I do feel like this score is less than 43. Denver probably wins it close, but I don't I don't feel good either way. Uh, Cowboys and Rams. So I do like two things in this. I like the Cowboys plus four and a half at the Rams. I do believe the Cowboys minimum lose by three, right? I, I do believe this game is tight. I do think the Cowboys probably win. So I'm taking the Cowboys plus four and a half because you get points. I'm also taking the under in that game, 43. Um, the Cowboys, uh, yeah, yeah, plus four and a half, yeah, and the under. So my confidence picks of the week are Giants plus eight on neutral field against Green Bay, Seattle plus five and a half at New Orleans, uh, the under in the Indy-Denver game on a short week, Cowboys plus four and a half, at the Rams, and then the under of 43 in that game as well. Yeah, last week I ended up going 5-0, and which is crazy. I don't think I've ever had a 5-0 and week. Um, Tennessee, I took Tennessee plus 3.5 at Indianapolis. They won by 7. Uh, Atlanta plus 1.5 against Cleveland. They ended up uh, winning by 3. Uh, New England plus 10.5 at Green Bay. Way too many points against a team that really doesn't have a very good offense. Uh and they lost by three, so they easily covered. Uh, under 39 in the New York Giants and Chicago game. Uh, that was a 32-point score. The under 42.5, uh, Indy versus Tennessee, uh, that was 41-point scored. So coming out of a hot week, hopefully this week, uh, I took off the one I really didn't feel good about, and I added the Cowboys plus 4.5. So I, I really hope that I have another good week. And this is James Montgomery, and this was the Stinger Podcast.